technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. And it's not social media, it's not big data, it's not robotics, it's not even AI. And you'll be surprised to learn that it's the underlying technology of digital currencies like Bitcoin. It's called the blockchain. Blockchain. This episode of The Spike, we welcome Elliot Rain. Elliot is a young entrepreneur that has set up businesses in cryptocurrency, trading, public speaking, and events. One of the reasons I wanted Elliot to come on was to speak about the pressures of being a young entrepreneur, cryptocurrency as a whole, and his story so far. So just as a bit of background for listeners, can you just briefly explain what you do? Yeah, sure. So Elliot Rain, 21 years old, based in Leeds of the UK. So I help beginners and all right the way through for experts to becoming profitable within the cryptocurrency market now that's for time rich investors who have a little bit more time to be able to invest in the self uh, and we have a comprehensive training program to be able to make them become profitable through trading and investing within the cryptocurrency market and then we have time poor investors on the other hand who generally have a little bit more money not a kind of umbrella but have less time so we'll actually build them portfolios and then coach them over a kind of 12 month period and manage that with them and help them to grow that portfolio over a period of time what was school like for you how what were you like at school probably the worst student you've ever seen uh, i had 56 percent attendance in my last year at school and half of that was spent not even in lessons so i very much struggled in school i, I struggled I've always struggled my whole entire life with taking orders. I'm not bothered about giving them, but taking orders is a different story. I've always looked at it like when you're in school, you're looking at investing your time into learning about things for a specific set date. Whereas in entrepreneurship, you're actually investing in time to in yourself to be able to move forward and, and have the rest of your life, well, in essence, be, be building it in your way and, and kind of having them skills for life rather than just kind of saying, oh, I'm going to read a self-development book and on this day in three weeks' time, I'm never going to think about it again. It's kind of backwards. <laughs> I, I had this conversation the other day and I took geography. I've not once looked at a cloud and gone, I can tell you what cloud that is. I've never done anything like that. And I think there's so many more subjects that could be in the curriculum that would be a lot better than geography. Like finance is one that I always think. Sales. Sales is another one that I said, could you imagine being taught sales in school, but you would just have guess 18 or these like really sleazy salespeople just out in the world. And it could actually be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> and do you know what? That is a really kind of key point because I, I did a like, quite, quite a diligent self-analysis on myself around sort of six, 12 months ago now. And one of my weak point was sales. I've always been a spreadsheet guy. I've always looked at, you know, what is the figures, what's the output, whereas not kind of doing the more of the porn star stuff, which is what I like to call it, looking at being this this kind of social media guru or whatever. Um, but one of the things that certainly within, you know, the financial education, well, not the educational system, but sometimes even in just in finance in general as well, which is ultimately one of the things I'll speak about in the future as to kind of what I'm trying to change, is when it comes to understanding the psychological emotions or the path you take through someone to become a buyer, you know, from kind of cold to warm to whatever, it's, it's a different world compared to what you learn in kind of the, the normal education system. Um, and even like, I'd, I'd argue as well, like going through university to learn sales, there's always this thing about doing things backwards. You learn things from people who don't do it and then you go into the big bad world. Whereas why, why are you just bleeding do it? Just do it, you know, go out, sell, make all the mistakes. You kind of know... If you're going for a specific market, you know objections before you even go into that call or whatever. Whereas having, if you learn it as an umbrella, 
you hope you know you can it can really make things bad and you have to kind of unfuck yourself at that point when you go into your specific niche it's an issue for me so even if it's just like an extra thing you can do after school or some schools might do that mine definitely did it but it's like re re was another one i understand why it's taught obviously and i probably can't say too much i'll get absolutely slated by well, someone i actually, got, I actually got, got got booed out of re for jumping out of the window once so that's a story for you <laughs> what you literally <laughs> just say like i've had i've had enough i just jumped yeah, just, out just just dipped just went <laughs> but yeah yeah that, that, that's, that's a funny story <laughs> i used to play football manager in the back of it so i'm dyslexic so i was allowed on my computer and i was just quite well not smart with it but i knew the little hacks with it so i'd be playing football manager as soon as the teacher came near me bang back onto a word document and i was like oh no i'm just slow and a bit slow typer and stuff like that but i'd taken reading to the champions league final so that alone i thought that would have got me quite far but it, it hasn't really in that world but you didn't go to university did you as well no no i didn't i went straight i came straight out of school Managed to get myself down a decent path initially. Did a crash course in ICT principles and telecommunications. Went straight into corporate life. Realised, oh my holy human life of God, I cannot understand. I, can't, I just can't work for someone else. It's just so hard. And so then from there, I just kind of started working on my, my dream at the side, at the side, which was understanding finance. Actually managed to build a business at the side, which was I had I bootstrapped. I had no money at all. It was with one of my business partners at the time in the events industry, the money started coming in and then I could focus solely on my passion, which was finance and disrupting the financial sector and crypto, you know, it's, it's massive. I was screaming about it a couple of years ago and people were like, it's going to die. And it's kind of like one of these things now that it is becoming more of some people's vocabulary um, and it will continue to do that, you see. So yeah, my, my roadmap looked kind of like that. It was like almost let's, let's kind of, I, I got the almost a little bit of education out of me that I had inside me did focus a little bit and then, you know, I was able to, to fulfill dreams after that, you think, which I guess is all part of, you know, having a little bit more freedom. And where did the passion come from for finance? I just, I've always loved, I've always loved maths. I've always loved how can I make one pound into two pound, make three pound into four pound. That's kind of, it fascinates me, percentages. You know, I always teach people when I'm teaching, you know, the students on the Planet Crypto platform. But I had a massive obsession initially with, not the money involved, but actually the routine that made the results. I always tell people, you can turn one pound into two pound and you've made 100%, or you can turn a million into two million and you've made 100%. It's the same thing. And this is what happens when you get to that kind of point where you compound and growth and you become a, a one with your strategy. It's just a case of you know replicating that on a bigger scale, what you're good at. You kind of remove the need for money in your life and the money comes with it. And that's one of the kind of key things with any business model, I believe, is if you take the money away and you focus on delivering number one a good service that's competitive and disrupts the market and number two you know you've always got your clients you know best interest at hearts and you're not doing anything that you think so you think oh, shit, i'm not offering a good service here then that's for me the money comes with that because people like good people and people that are not good people don't stay well, see, we got speaking because I think I followed you because I was like, oh, post some good content. And then I just had a random person with the exact same name, but just an extra underscore follow me and then dropped me a message. And I was like, who is this person? I was like, I messaged um, Adam Power, who's on a couple of weeks back now. And he was just there like, yeah, that's not the guy. I was like, no, I didn't think so. This person's bought loads of followers and has like two likes per photo. It was like 12,000 yeah. followers, two likes or something like that. And that's obviously how we got speaking. Because then I dropped you a message saying, oh yeah, it was a bit of a heads up. Is that how a lot of people, well, you bring on a lot of clients now, because obviously you've managed to build this quite decent following on Instagram yeah. as well. Yeah. Is that quite a big part of your business now? 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'll be completely honest with you. I was focused on content marketing uh, three, four, five years ago. And I think there's a mis common misconception that having more followers attributes to the amount of money that you actually make. And I was focused initially on I, as many followers as I can get. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, in, in, you know, for influencers, I do understand brand deals can be massive. But on a, on a smaller scale, you know, micro-influencers make absolutely naffle in a lot of cases. It's just a vanity metric. So I used to be very, very interested in content marketing getting all these followers and now i make much more money and post once like every three months i'm a lot more active on my stories hi guys hope everybody is well so i wanted to speak about the planet crypto courses today and what you can expect now the objective is very very simple that is to make you guys profitable within the cryptocurrency market whether that's from trading or investing we will be finding the best match for you and how do we do this guys we will put you through a series of tests on the course to understand your personality and your circumstance and then how you best fit within the market and then from there we will move forward and let you guys in the next chapters understand what trading and investing in answer to your question just there Yes, I do like posting content, but does it generate the most business for me? No, what generates the most business is a mesh topology of people understanding that we offer a good service and talking to other people. That's the biggest. And then just literally just if people always struggle to say to someone who's had a good service with them and you refer me, you know, just asking people. One of the, from a portfolio building standpoint is rich people from out because there's completely two different demographics of people. You've got on one hand, you've got people who want to learn, which are generally more of the younger audience have a little bit more time. Other hand, you've got the older audience that generally have got a little bit more money, but don't have much time, right? You know, my most effective area of marketing in that, in that stance is just delivering them a good service. And they haven't got an, an achieving amount of money without having a big network of people who are probably wealthy around them. That for me has created in that certainly within that side of the business and not a need to post anything about that online and on social. I do post some results and stuff because the odd person does come from Instagram to, you know, want to come on the portfolio building. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of my method of marketing. But again, Instagram, it's something that if you do focus on one of your key, let's call it, uh, you know, marketing strategies, then it can be very profitable if you offer a good service and it's, it's, it's easy and actionable and got a nice call to action in there. But a lot of people nowadays do just use it as a vanity, vanity metric and don't actually use it to the full potential. It is from what people say about you. I remember... Obviously, we had a few mutual followers. So I spoke to Adam and I spoke to Ted Lawler. Messaged them both, said, oh, what's, what's Elliot like? And both said really, really good things. And I think that's what you've managed to do there. Straight away, I'm there like, oh, I must be a nice guy because these two have said that. And it is the whole yeah. power of referrals. If you can get yeah. people doing that, you've literally got a sales team for you that you're not actually having to pay. Exactly. And I think it's part of the battle is just being a good person. Certainly in foreign exchange, for example, right? I'm a crypto guy, but don't get me wrong, I've been in the foreign exchange kind of circle. I've done a lot of that, right? There's this stigma around investing, around trading, that it's something you can literally learn to do overnight. And then there's also a stigma that if you give someone else your money, they're going to be able to get the crystal ball out and make it double over a period, period which just, just doesn't happen. I think part of being a good person is also telling people what they're getting into and what the potential downside is with it, you know, up front and just being honest. You know, because they then know that you can't work magic, that you understand the macro circumstances that are going on that drive the price higher. But, you know, ultimately, you can't get a crystal ball out and, and say it's going to go happen, happen tomorrow, right? But part of my big people is just, it's just saying, look, this is going to happen. This could happen. You know, we don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. And just ride it out if it does. And, and we'll get there. Rather than saying to someone trying to just get a quick sale, you're going to become a millionaire in three weeks. It's just not sustainable at all.
And why do you think there's a bad stigma to it? Because obviously, I wouldn't say crypto as much Forex yeah, sure. has a bad stigma, especially like Massive. Instagram, TikTok. I remember there's a guy up in Accrington, I can't remember his name now, but he just gets slated and it's just like scam, scam, scam. Yeah, it's just sure. what everyone says. So it's built up this stigma, but why do you think that is? It's simply down to content marketing. You know, you look at real traders, honestly, I've got screens in front of me now, right? But you look at real traders and I've tried to trade on a beach, you know, the, the, the keyboard gets sand in, it's, it is horrible, it's a logistical nightmare, it is not profitable to do. If someone's traveling the world and they're claiming the trading, God help whoever actually signs up to their program, right? If you're investing in the traveling world, I do get it because it's passive a lot of the time if you do it correctly. But a lot of this content marketing gave these people the ideology that they were able to put this money into this money machine and it was going to produce these results from on a day-to-day basis. Whereas it's actually far from that. Certainly from a trading standpoint, the strategy is one thing, but the hardest thing to do is turn up every single day and manage risk and actually being able to manage risk effectively when you're losing three, four trades in a row to then make one good trade that far outweighs them losses because you use the correct risk management strategy is a hard thing to do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I personally am not trading half as much as what I used to do a couple of years ago, simply because I've got a lot of things on my plate. I've got to drive a business forward. I've got to drive change for a business and push, you know, and transform, which is why I'm more of a positional holder and investor, you know, but I don't tell people that I'm trading day to day because I'm not, you know, and but a lot of these people are like, they're telling you investors, they're telling you the traders, they're telling you they're mining cryptocurrency. And what's going to happen as crypto becomes more in the kind of usual person's dialogue, what's going to happen is these people who were in the forex space are going to then actually come over to the crypto space and become Bitcoin experts. We see it happening. But the good thing, that I, the only saving grace that we've got in crypto that I've said from the start, I've been in crypto now four or five years, so it's kind of like, you know, I've been around the houses, you know, I know a lot of people in the space. But when you're talking to someone who's talking about being in Forex and actually saying that they know the paper, the dollar bill or whatever, everyone knows, everyone knows fiat currency, right? Everyone knows it. But when you start talking about Bitcoin, we start talking about nodes, you start talking about blockchain, the hash rates, you know, it, people do crumble in front of you. You know, so you can a lot easier out people that are, you know, not in the space for the right reason, because there's no denying there is a lot of opportunity in crypto. People have literally, I mean, I made I had a 3K account literally four weeks ago, but it's now 30K. And it is absolutely ridiculous done correctly. But that being said, it doesn't happen, you know, if you go into someone who just becomes an expert overnight. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of people coming into the space. We, we've come to accept that. It's just making sure that you do your due diligence on people. They've got a good track record. They've been around in you know bear markets when the price is depreciating and they've stayed strong in that bear market and then ultimately they're reaping the rods in a bull market as well and then more eyes come into the space so you know that's kind of i guess a tip for someone who wants to get into the space just do your dd you know don't listen to that person who's got an extra underscore under the end of the name because yeah, i saw people literally trying you know spending thousands on this scammers account who just replicated my person you know whoever that was you know they made thousands of pounds you got to use your noggin and, and really do your DD because that's one of the things, especially in a space where you're talking about money and people don't understand it, they do get on the high horse and start to think, right, crystal ball, money, let's make this money grow. But it's, it's, it's not the truth. The ones that I always get a bit iffy about are the ones that they're like, oh, check my new McLaren out. You can have this in X amount of weeks. And they're like, can you though? Just for some of the listeners as well, they might have absolutely no idea what cryptocurrency is, but is what I've just thinking now. Could you just explain a little bit about what it actually is? What we're looking at is you've got, you want to send money from A to B, right? If you go through a traditional bank, which is what we call a centralized ledger, where you send money from A to B, which is basically, you know, you put your one million or a thousand pounds in, it goes into a centralized ledger, into a computer behind 
the scenes, we don't see anything. We've got no control and power or sovereignty of that money. They control that and then it gets to point B. You know, that's all what we call a centralized system. Now, what cryptocurrency, the main problem that initially when Satoshi Nakamoto set cryptocurrency up, which is actually a pseudonymous person, we don't know who he is, but he set the code up. You know, Bitcoin actually is, is actually quite dog crap at this current state. It's very outdated in the technology and there's a lot of other cryptos that do solve the problem on a more minute and, and granular basis than what Bitcoin does, but obviously that was first to market. But initially it was to be a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And anyone that's going into getting cryptocurrency, I'd, I'd recommend before you do that, read the Bitcoin, what we call white paper. And what a white paper is, it sets out the company's vision of what they plan to do. It's almost just like a business plan for a crypto, right? But on that, so we've, we've talked about centralized and we've talked about how the money flows through the bank. When we talk about decentralized, what that means is that we've got power over our transactions or our sending from A to B, right? So there's no central authority or no bank. And what we have there is what we call a distributed ledger. So everyone can view a ledger online and view the transactions that are happening on the blockchain at certain times. So it's a lot more transparent, but rather than the bank getting paid fees from you know A to B and there being someone in a central authority taking the funds, the people who actually run the network, which we know as miners, who are actually using their computational power to be able to solve the puzzle, to be able to validate the transactions, get paid rewards for doing so. Yeah. And that's who gets the money. It's not actually, it's not central authority. But what we have is we have nodes that validate transactions that stop things like double spending. You know, so you can't spend things twice. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, it gets validated and goes from A to B utilizing the blockchain technology. It was set out initially to be a peer to peer lending and peer to peer cash system. As we've progressed, there's loads of different use cases. We see things like what we call decentralized finance, uh, which is in essence financial based products and services utilizing different tokens where you can have a certain pool of money. And then from there, you can earn a certain reward for offering liquidity to the market. There's loads of different projects out there that are leading in that space as well. And that's one of, going to be one of the key things that, you know, defines the financial future that we do see moving forward. Because what we see is at this current state, the dollar, for example, right, is literally worth less than toilet paper. There was a $1.9 trillion stimulus or printing money that came out the other day, $1,000 to every US family. And where's that coming from? It's devaluing the purchasing power, right? Whereas if you look at Bitcoin, for example, which is more rather than, a, you know, peer-to-peer uh, actual currency is a store of wealth now so it's not like the digital gold i hate to say it's more of a more of a marketer's term but that's what we look at it as right it's a hedge against potential losses in the inflation so you look at the dollar it's going down in price because there's more of it coming in so the supply is going up so the demand's going down and what we're seeing just there is that bitcoin in this case because people are, are seeing the inflation that's happening to the power of that or the purchasing power of the dollar going down they're looking to hedge against that inflation by investing in things like gold silver cryptocurrency to be able to you know stop their money from going down while it's in the bank planet crypto global so that's sure. your business and yes. that's more is that the trading is in the teaching people how to trade and yeah so, so primarily what we do because you know obviously I've, I've mentioned both the target market we've got two products right now we are bringing out another one soon which will be relatively a little bit more of a kind of onboarding for absolute beginners but essentially what we do is we teach people how to trade and invest in the market but we'll do it in a constructive way that gets them to rather than wanting to be a trader initially because we understand these things take time and you're better off learning an investment strategy before you get straight into trading you need to know the mechanical way that price works you know before you start wanting to be a glamorous trader so what we'll do is we'll reverse engineer it and we'll get down really to the theory of what they're investing in we'll take them through because i do weekly coaching calls with the student you know every single week and get down and nail down what exactly what the problems are 
and we'll get them being profitable with an investment strategy what we call simple it's, it's again a dollar cost averaging strategy it's not actually well dollar cost averaging is a strategy but it's not our strategy but ultimately it protects the downside and helps them if they are in a position where their capital is at risk and they're not throwing ten thousand dollars in or which is the life savings at a certain point it does protect that downside a little bit more so it's perfect for beginners to get into it and then we've got two investment strategies and one trading strategy so the kind of roadmap for anyone that comes on board is become profitable investing which can be replicated amongst a lot of asset classes as well stock market you know gold silver crypto obviously high volatility you know, it's a bit riskier but it's very very rewarding and then we'll get them into trading after that so when the data tells us it's advisable to do so will work with the, them to get them into into trading instead. But then obviously that's that's one element of things. That's for people who want to learn and have the support there. We've got like a 24-hour forum. I do, I do mentoring and the motivational stuff every single week as well, which I actually do a podcast for members as well, which is pretty cool. And then we have the portfolio building service and management service, which is basically completely hands-off. We'll set the first initial call. We'll get them in. We'll get them set up on their exchanges. So one of the unique selling points for us in a traditional kind of financial institution They'll create a mutual fund and everyone will put money into the mutual fund and they have one kind of key core portfolio. But they'll hold the funds on behind on behalf of clients, which is like not transparent or at all, you know, because you can find and you do hear it, that a lot of funds do go missing. You know, you can see them over in the Cayman Islands and the, the guy who, who at the top, they just run off with it. Whereas for us, we operate as coaching to help them grow this kind of portfolio on a monthly basis and we'll review the and track of the kind of growth of it the capital growth and review where the kind of market is as a whole we'll get them set up we'll build them a portfolio according to current market prices we'll get on the call with them we'll get, again teach them how to execute the orders you know it's completely up to them if they execute the orders we're just kind of saying what we think will work you know so we're never kind of pressing any of the buttons for the client it's not like a traditional people think portfolio management is you've got a trade on the trading floor literally you know trading and it's not it's an investment portfolio we aim to kind of you know build that long-term relationship and then all we'll do is we'll book we'll set them up on security we'll book a call in and we'll have one call a month just to review progress and if anything needs to be made and changed they can tell us how they're feeling about the portfolio then we can just kind of advise them on, on a 12-month basis and then do it you know we aim to build portfolios for years so it's, it's one of the things that we want to have clients for life and ambassadors rather than just say here's your portfolio crack on you want to build that and we want their portfolio to grow with us you want to know who the next guest is in the spot everyone that wants to think about being an entrepreneur should first do sales either recruitment or even door-to-door sales hit subscribe or follow and you'll find out first obviously you guys have some people that could influence it a little bit i saw obviously elon musk tweet like one tweet about yeah. crypto about bitcoin yeah. it might have been and then it just went crazy didn't it yeah elon's just kind of been posting a lot about crypto recently the first post they made yes it made it made bitcoin go absolutely parabolic it did absolutely numbers and it was like 15 20 30 percent in a week it was really really good but that being said what i always look at when it comes to like big influencers getting into space you see gary v getting in on that nft hype train and things like that when it comes to investments what everyone needs to realize is the money's made before the news is announced you buy the rumor sell the news so what happens is when people like Elon Musk are actually releasing this news, it's probably not sometimes good for the space because what you find is in crypto, certainly in crypto, because it's an unregulated market and because the media are just pricked a lot of the time, they tend to regurgitate the same information to manipulate the price and inflate the price or devalue the price. Good evening. Tonight, Elon Musk makes one of his riskiest bets ever, linking Tesla's fortunes, to bitcoins the world's richest man now investing 1.5 billion dollars worth of his company's money 
in the cryptocurrency. Its price hit a record high on the news. One Bitcoin is now worth close to 43 thousand US dollars. It reached $44,000 earlier in the day. Musk's bet on Bitcoin doesn't stop there, though. Tesla says it will soon let customers buy its cars using Bitcoin. People like Elon Musk are coming in saying, oh, you can now buy Tesla with Bitcoin, which, you know, had literally an adverse effect on the market yesterday. We thought it was going to pump the price up a little bit more, but the price actually went down 0.1%. So what that means is that if you're nurturing an audience in terms of the market, if, if Elon Musk had said yesterday, I'm thinking about getting Tesla on the on the balance sheets or, or allowing people to buy Tesla with the, the Bitcoin, the price would have gone parabolic. But the fact that he's been announcing big hitting news time and time again, it becomes old and it becomes regurgitated and it becomes like, this is just old news, you know, in, in the kind of market now. People, when they initially get into it and release the news, yes, it does pump the price a lot, but it can have an adverse effect on them because it can hyperinflate the price, which will then mean that the kind of correction and the distribution target, meaning the price, once it does crash and find a new low, will become probably a lot more fierce and a lot of pe- a lot more people will get wrecked. <laughs> he's got crazy power, doesn't he? Oh, that man, he's something else. But you've just mentioned someone else, Gary yeah. V. He's got a very successful business, VaynerMedia and all that. But yeah. what, what do you think of him? Because there's that whole breed of them, isn't there? It's a bit of a circle. When you have these massive transformation technology shifts, there's a moment where everybody gets excited about it. And, you know, for me, the internet was happening in 95, 6, 7, but you started to really see the stock market embrace with those IPOs in 98, 99, and then obviously in April, uh, March, April 2000, you had the, the collapsing of it, of the stocks. At the time, a lot of people talked about the internet being a fad and it never being meaningful for businesses, blah, blah, blah. What, what happened in reality was the internet was this game-changing revolution of technology, but a lot of the early projects were just overpriced on the excitement. They're not my cup of tea. I'm a big believer in the likes of Elon Musk, the likes of Jeff Bezos, because they had hitters. You know, it's questions and actions. You know what I mean? It's not, this is, I look like a porn star online, but a lot of their money is actually made on, it's a media outlet as well. You know, it's not actually building and creating a new innovative product or service. It's just finding a mentor that's done something somewhere else, paying them 50 grand, regurgitating that to their audience, and then making a few million from it. You know, that's kind of that model. But don't get me wrong, Gary Vee, very, very successful media guy, made a very, very big agency. You know, I get it. The hustle, he's, he works very, very hard. I also do appreciate as well, he's built that following up. So why shouldn't he go out and, and sell that product and service to a bigger audience? But they ultimately work with the trends, don't they? Crypto's done well over the last kind of six months because the dollar's depreciating. They've jumped on the hype now. If crypto decides to distribute down to 10K in terms of Bitcoin's price again, then there won't be any way to see until the next time it happens. You know, that's kind of what media guys do. It's just the next best thing that's kind of happening then and then they'll forget about it and they'll come back. So that's my opinions. You know, I, I focus a lot on the people that are in when the ra- the days are rainy, not when it's just kind of happiness. <laughs> We'll talk about the spike. So the whole point of the show, as you might be aware, is they want to help our listeners identify what their spike is. And yeah. when I say that, I mean the thing that they possess that is unique to them that makes them stand out. What do you think your spike is? I'd say the ability to think rationally in an unrational circumstance. So when there's times of crisis where everyone's throwing the shopping bags in the air and running around screaming, 
he's actually been able to ground things out and, and that's where the well number one the most money's made and number two probably the most growth's had as well so I'd say that's my spike and that certainly helps in the market as well how does it help just simply because you look at kind of you know the, the crypto market today it's pulled back 15% I've got people on a client portfolio standpoint who are messaging me what's happening what's happening what's happening whereas all it took me was five minutes to look at the market and realize that well actually we had a dump a few weeks ago that was a 25% dump and now we're only having a 15% dump which is telling me there's more buy pressure keeping the price higher Therefore, you know, we're projecting higher in this case. Whereas if I'd have panicked and said, right, oh shit, my investors are thinking my portfolio is down today, then I'd have got myself into a flurry. But the fact that you can draw it out, it really helps you. But also what you find is they always say investing things that are, when they're down, you invest when the market's in a fear and sell when the market's getting greedy. And that's simply all it is. When I start to feel something inside me like, oh shit, like the market could be due to change just here, or we've had a down day today, that's the best time you need to be investing. Not always, you know, I'd never say when you start to feel a bit shit about yourself and a bit shit about the market, that you, you just throw all your money into it. That's not what I'm saying. But ultimately, they're the best times to invest because that's when the money is made. It's not when everyone's telling you buy, 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 because they probably don't have a clue what they're talking about. So you seem very analytical just from speaking yeah. to you now. And you can really tell that from even when you're speaking about what your spike was just then. I kind of like to look at what we're making, what we're not. You know, tell me the high level results and the outputs, what's going wrong. I don't really care about the way it's delivered as long as it's got the client's best interest in heart. That's why I tell people, like, when I tell the guys who work for me, like, literally, we've got one thing that it was um, Henry Ford, I believe. It was literally, if it doesn't make the car go faster, I do not care. An analogy about his cars. So he had this one sole focus for the year. And anyone that came into his office with, you know, no urgent, not urgent, you know, whatever they thought it was, whatever priority it was to them. His one question was, does it make the car go faster? And if it doesn't, it goes to the bottom of the pile. So it's almost like, you know, for me, having a common goal amongst all the guys who work for me in, in the kind of planet crypto ecosystem is essential because we're all then on the same page. So that's kind of how I, how I break things down. But, but yes, you know, it's all done on a spreadsheet. It's all done by the deliverable. We can do the architecture to get there. But ultimately, if we do the architecture and we don't get there, it's not the well. It's, it's reviewing the architecture, but we didn't get there. That's the output, um, and we have to obviously look at why that is. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? I think just get started. Just get started. You know, you need to find an experienced mentor. Success leaves clues. Always does. You know, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Find a strategy. Stick to the strategy because the most, you know, if you want to trade, if you want to invest, you know, it's certainly with a trading standpoint, initially, you're probably going to lose more trades than you win, but it's just about risk management, right? But find someone who's already done it, replicate that success, and then build out your trading plan if you want to trade. You know, that's just kind of what it is. People try so many different strategies. We'll go onto someone's YouTube and we'll find a strategy and it won't work first time and move on to the next one and it won't work first time and we'll kind of go around in circles and they've got all these strategies in their head and they become clustered and it's like, oh, I can't even think rationally. Whereas if you've got that kind of guidance and that mentor that's been there, that's made all their mistakes, then that's how you're able to become profitable in one and then you can move on to the next one and then you've got different market circumstances and different strategies that kind of apply to them. You know, just stick at it, turn up every single day. There's going to be down days, part and part of the process. Aim to build your equity up because you know 10% of 10 pounds is one quid in it but if you look at 10% of 100k you got 10 grand right so it's like it really does add up once you start to really replicate the success amongst the bigger figures it really, really does and you get that compounded growth then
What's the best bit of advice someone has ever given you? I think, I think it would be on your own, you know, pave your own grave, you know, not gravestone, that's a gravestone, <laughs> pave, your own, <laughs> pave your own path, build your own blocks. You know, it's your road. Someone can start up a, a digital marketing agency and hit 10K a month and stay at 10K a month for the rest of their life. Or someone can, you know, spend three years or spend six months trying to get into trade and investing and then make 100K a month in that, you know, in, in, in literally on, on a regular basis. So your, your journey is yours. You're going to see other people projecting that they're doing this, they're doing that, which is probably dog shit anyway. But, you know, you, you've got your own path and, and don't care what anyone else has to think. I always say that you, if you wholeheartedly know who the type of person that you're looking to appeal to, like target market avatar, whatever you want to market and sell, you want to call it, then you will only, if you can appeal to them, then all everyone around that doesn't matter. Whatever they say, it doesn't matter. And what you'll soon find is that people actually try and mold into your avatar and they just follow you anyway, which is what happens. I always look at, you've got the lonely road that takes with entrepreneurship. You've got the people that doubted you and said you were shit and weren't making any money. And then at some point, them two roads path because they start trying to pull you, start trying to bloody join your success. And, and this is kind of the thing. As long as you know who you're targeting, no one else matters and, and that's probably a rude thing to say but it's a it's a rude life in a lot of cases because you've got to be very very you know head focused headstrong and wholeheartedly know who you're targeting because that that ultimately you're going to struggle otherwise uh, and you're going to take everything people say as, as advice when it's probably dog crap because never, you know we only have one life <laughs> you know we, we've never lived it before their advice is probably what they've heard on the internet which is probably not right um so yeah that's, that's kind of my piece of advice as always if you like this episode please hit follow subscribe leave us a review or reach out to us at the spike pod across all social media